My name's Terry. Welcome to the Oddscast. Welcome to the Oddscast. Anything more? Welcome to the Oddscast. And welcome to the Oddscast podcast. I'm Donald DeLeo alongside Joe Delara, Terry Takes, producer Corey. Very special episode for you today. It's opening day, April 1st. This podcast is coming out, and you're probably listening to it on your way to work. Got some daytime games. Spring is in the air. It's a great time to talk about the baseball season. So the the episode today is going to be largely baseball, but before we get into Terry and I fighting over the NL East, Joe and producer Corey uh, defending the Yankees scouts honor in the AL East and all of your, you know, deep futures, wards, predictions. We're going to start just by talking about the final four um, and get that out of the way because that is Saturday, Monday. And it's probably the only time we'll talk about middle America on this podcast because <laughs> we can just skip the two central divisions. So the Final four in terms of the college basketball March Madness tournament. We have two one seeds, Baylor, Gonzaga, Houston as a two seed playing Baylor that spreads at five over under 135 and a half. And then UCLA making a run all the way to the final four overlooked by everybody. Um, and maybe except for Bill Walton and his tournament of champions, Pac-12, which had three teams in the elite eight. You know, USC got smacked against Gonzaga the other night, which was my worst bet, I think, probably in 2021 other than the Super Bowl. But what are your thoughts initially on Gonzaga, UCLA, and Houston-Baylor? Obviously, the Houston-Baylor game is is more exciting, but um, I just want to get your thoughts, Terry and Joe. Well, I think UC, well, UCLA, is a, they're a double one seed. Get it? Ha-ha. 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 I think, first of all, we'll start there. They've had a nice run. You know, UCLA has a nice run. They're, they're not even a Cinderella. They're from a power conference. They're the most decorated program in NCAA history. So, like, spare me with your Cinderella. Oh, this is a great story. Who cares? Yeah, and, and Ken Palm, I think they're 15th in Ken Palm right now. Usually that happens when teams kind of run up the, the you know, make a deep Final Four run. But – in terms of efficiency, they're up there, top 15 team. Yeah. I mean, but I, Mick Cronin's dad has replaced, you know, what's your name? Sister, sister Jean. Jean. He's the new Sister Jean. So we, we only see him for 15 minutes every game. Which Daddy is, Mick. Know, who I get what? He was a scout. And he, or no, that's Bryce Drew's dad, who was a scout, a baseball scout, I think. It signed Chipper Jones or something. One of them did tying into the baseball episode, but back to the sports. Uh, I think UCLA is just going to get their shit kicked out of them. Just, I, I think they're lucky to get to this point. I think I saw a stat on Twitter that they've been outshot in every single game they've played. And they're the first team to reach, you know, to win four straight games, i.e. made it to the final four. Five straight that games. has happened, five straight games, including the playing against Michigan State. So, uh, which they should have lost too. like that Michigan state game. They've had two overtime games, Michigan state, Alabama, but, but that's the whole point is they weren't supposed to make the tournament. So they're playing with house money at this point. So they win that first Michigan state game. And it's just like, 
they they're they're they have no tightness. They they weren't supposed to be there in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I saw some stat that said like their opponents are shooting like fifty percent from the free throw line too, which is just abysmal. Like at I feel like almost at any level of basketball, except for maybe like grade school, uh, <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, just, and I mean against it. Against a team like Gonzaga that seems to just execute everything well, like they don't do anything bad. Like I, I you know, highly doubt that Gonzaga continues that 50% free throw shooting. Um, you know, they're, they're a middle of the pack free throw shooting team, but you know, the Gonzaga few, like three players now on Gonzaga are in the Ken Palm top 10 player of the year rankings, Timmy at one Suggs at seven and Kispert at 10. Like, I think that's the first time that's ever happened um, on any team just in terms of like three top 10 player of the year, national people. Um, Timmy, although he is like the most annoying guy to watch just because of his antics and just his overall demeanor is a great player. Yeah. I mean, the fact that his mom wanted him to shave his handle or his Fu Manchu, I mean, just she's out of her goddamn mind. Like after the first two games, you want him to shave. Like, have you is it read the Bible, lady? What happened <laughs> when what's his name cut his hair? Like, what do you Samson? Samson, jeez, yeah, I paid attention. I am confirmed. Um, so like, <laughs> yes, his antics, his antics are a bit much, but you know, because he's white, he's sneaky athletic. You know what's kind of bullshit is the biggest you can sell this line to from what I'm seeing is Gonzaga minus 22 and a half is plus 320 on DraftKings. Does it sound good? Because I don't think I hate it. Yeah, I mean, I, I love the USC-Oregon winner bet uh, against Gonzaga because I thought that they would just have a little bit of a tighter game, you know, going to the first, the second Final Four and Fuse career. But holy shit, man, they just – Everything they do, like they do just so well. Like, and it seems like they don't take anything but open layups. Like, <laughs> no matter what it is, open threes are open layups. Like, a lot of these teams, you get so frustrated, you're betting on an underdog, you know, more two or three possessions. And it's like, oh, yeah, we're down like a lot, but let's just keep taking contested mid range jumpers. Um, that'll get us back into it. Gonzaga seems to understand that, you know, efficient baskets score a lot. I think they're the number one two-point offense in effective field goal percentage of all time on Ken Palm. So it's they're going to score. You're going to have to be able to put up like 85 to beat this team, I think, or to even compete. And although UCLA has a pretty decent offense, they don't have – they're one of the slowest tempo teams in the country. Um, they are going to have to just be on fire to even think about touching 85 against Gonzaga. So, I, you know. I, I, I agree. Like I lean Gonzaga minus 15. I think this spread is, or what is it? 14. Uh, it was 14 earlier today, which I took. Oh, it's 14. Yeah. Here. I'll take yeah. that. Um, oh, points bet has Gonzaga minus 29 and a half plus 650. Might sprinkle. <clears throat> yeah. I, I just don't usually in games where one, one team has, you know, a slower tempo will say that, you know, if they can take control of the game, it should be close, but I don't see Gonzaga getting flustered by UCLA and they're going to play their game. And, you know, they, like Dom said, they have the three of the top 10 players in, in the country. Um, And I just, I, if UCLA were to win this game, they would, you know, they need to score points. And 
I don't think they have the firepower to to compete with Gonzaga. I think they shot their load this last game. That was their big hurrah. Yeah, and I think it's I, I'm just I was shocked they beat Michigan. I, I was excited to kind of see Michigan, maybe see if Jawan Howard's pick and roll NBA style offense kind of, you know, was able to to at least put up some points against Gonzaga. But you know, yeah, it's just they're they're gonna roll in if they're going to roll into the championship game. And I guess it's a question of whether they cover. I think they do cover. There's probably some money to be made and betting some overs on points um, for Gonzaga players and player props. Check us out on Twitter for that. Once the game gets closer, I I think UCLA uh, or Gonzaga minus eight first half. Like, I just think that few is going to have this team ready. Um, Every game that he's had so far that he's had some time to prepare, they've won by almost 20 points. And that was the Creighton game where they just looked so bad. The USC game, you know, the Norfolk State game, obviously they won that by almost 40 points. But it, it seems like he understands what teams do well and you're just not going to be able to get your first option going. So I, I really doubt uh, Juzang and company are going to be able to do what they want to do on offense. To to – reiterate Michigan scored 49 points 49 points with an NBA style offense quote unquote I don't know what team that's like a a first quarter score in some games honestly like the Knicks <laughs> but, offense <laughs> but that that's 7 or 18 points lower than their like the least amount of points they scored all year 18 points and UCLA is what a top fifty defense, but it's closer to fifty. Like it's nothing amazing. It's just absurd the the luck and the variance in this single elimination tournament that UCLA has made it this far. Yeah, yeah. I, I just watching that USC game. It was just like uh, that they're for real because I I didn't think Oklahoma and Creighton were that good, um, but USC. They just looked so out of sorts, couldn't do anything they wanted to do on offense. And Gonzaga just scored at will. And it was over within like the first four minutes of the game. You like, you're just like, mm-hmm. fuck. <laughs> so I think that that's kind of what's going to happen in this UCLA game. I would bet first half spread and I would bet the regular spread because they're just, they're not going to let teams back into this game. Like, so if they go on a run, which they should, I think it's just over. And then it's a question of who's going to be playing them. And, I said this on the last podcast. We've had this Gonzaga Baylor potential game hang over our heads since the beginning of the season. This was supposed to be the premier regular season matchup that got postponed by COVID. Seems that Baylor's just kind of clicking on all cylinders too. You know, their their loss was to Oklahoma State, Cade Cunningham in the Big Twelve tournament. They just haven't looked back since. They they've haven't I think the nine point win over Arkansas was their first under 10 point uh, win in the tournament. And they were in control of that game the whole time too. So Terry, I know you got a Houston future. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my concern is that they still haven't played anyone good. Like the best team they still played in oh. terms of Ken Palm is Texas Corey, tech. Corey clip that and send it, send it to uh, the Rutgers boosters. I don't. I I didn't think Rutgers was that good of a team. Like they did a couple things well, and you know, but is that a team that I think is is a Final Four team? No. But I think it's the first team in history that's played no single digit seeds before they made the Final Four. 
because Rutgers was a 10, Syracuse was 11, Oregon State was a 12. And, you know, the AAC wasn't that great this year. I understand they're physical, they're, they're good at crashing the boards, but I think Baylor has, has got the firepower to, to beat that. It's kind of, you know, similar style team, I would say. You're gonna be you're gonna be barred from all future Rutgers basketball games now. They're gonna be hanging hanging your your picture by the ticket person. I, I lost my train of thought. I, I really ran out of steam there. Houston, give me your thoughts. Uh, Houston, 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 Houston. We don't have a problem. Um, <laughs> five point spread. I like the spread. Uh, I won't be betting this game. I say that now, and then I get in the heat of the moment, and I probably will. Um, just because I had, I do have the future, as Mr. Dominic has said. But I'm looking at the offensive glass. It's all going to come down offensive rebounding. Houston is the second best offensive rebounding team in the country, um, and Baylor is 273rd in defense in preventing the offensive rebound. I, I in this tournament, Baylor really hasn't played any anyone as close except for Arkansas who is ranked 63rd uh, on the offensive glass. And they gave up 11 offensive rebounds in that game and for a net of zero between the two teams. So I just, I don't know if Baylor has seen like Baylor hasn't seen someone as good as uh, on the glass as they've seen as Houston is. And look, Houston, when they miss shots, they just crash the boards, crash the, crash the boards. So there's going to be a lot of second chance opportunities. And even if, you know, even if it's a tight game, um, you know, pressure getting to them and they're missing shots. I, I like Houston's chances just to, just to attack the boards and their relentlessness. And I think Drew has, you know, can match up well against Mitchell. Um, who's just, a crazy defender uh, in this tournament. Um, so I, I don't, I see, I see the point in Baylor who's been playing well. They've been shooting their free throws better than season average in the tournament and three pointers and they're, they're hot, but I Houston, I don't think has peaked yet. They're on the, they're on the road to the top of the mountain. They haven't peaked yet. So I, I like the points here. Yeah, I'd lean the points with, with Houston. I think it's kind of me wanting to see a good game too. Um, five is – it's a lot with two teams that are two and three in Ken Palm's overall rankings. Uh, you make a good point about Baylor shooting good free throws. My brother, um, in his little peek behind the curtain and his March Madness predictions, his formula to predict a winner, you got to have over 70% free throw shooting. And I think Baylor just got over 70 with their last game against Arkansas. So something to watch there. 70.1. Yeah. So they're, they're on the line. You know, I want to see Baylor Gonzaga. So that's what I'm pulling for. You know, there's really not a lot of value, I think, in parlaying the two. I, I don't even know if that'll get you. That probably won't even get you down to like minus 150. Uh... One seventy-seven. That's the Baylor Gonzaga. So, I it's we'll see what happens. Like I said, I lean the points. I'm probably not going to bet the actual Houston Baylor game. I might might live bet, 
because neither of these teams um, I think can hold leads. Well, <laughs> like, like I think there's a lot of swings that could happen. Um, whether guys are, they're, they're a team that, that run, that go on a lot of runs. So I don't say hold lead. Well, I say that they can go on some big spurts big and run. have some big runs. Um, so that, that's my take on, on the final four. You guys have anything to add before we move to the MLB opening day and our season projections and predictions? No, it was just nice to have a March madness this year. Something, you know, that we've missed so much from last year. It's weird that it's been a year. Just happy, happy to make it to the finish line, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think we're hopefully Maybe. gonna be in good shape. Or we could oh, do no. we could do what the Baylor women's head coach said. I don't know if you saw that. No. Um, after the game, she said I guess I think the women are in the final four now. They're in the championship game. Um, but she said that they shouldn't test for COVID anymore because it would be a shame if someone couldn't play. But it would also be a shame if someone just gave COVID to everyone. So it's like it's a yeah, real selfie choice. Mick, Mick Cronin's Papa Mick Cronin's dad sitting up there because he his mask falls off sometimes too. So I don't know if he's vaccinated. All right, mask police over here. The, the Gestapo. <laughs> <laughs> the Gestapo. All right, uh, let's get into the MLB. I actually walked into Wegman's by accident. What did you say? Yeah, you didn't say anything. You kind of broke, broke up, up there. there. Yeah, it's tough when you're broadcasting from prison in your prison desk. You do look like you're in a prison cell right now with that with that I tank know. on. I uh, I accidentally walked into Wegmans today without a mask on, and I noticed while I was putting green beans in a bag, and I was like, "Why is everybody looking at me like I'm a fucking psychopath?" And then I left the store. I like took the green beans, put them in the cart, and then I was like, "I gotta leave." So you stole green and then, beans? Uh, yeah, I went okay. back. I had a mask. Yeah. No, no, no. I put the, I put the green beans in my cart, and then I went back. But I felt like a criminal. <laughs> Joe's you should have waited it out. They would have given good. you a freebie. Yeah, no. What's the, what kind of Wi-Fi they got in prison? I don't know. Ask uh, ask Slumlord uh, Slumlord Ryan. I'll get him on the line. Um, yeah, going. let's see. Great inside joke. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure our listeners will <laughs> yeah. really like to for us to call Please, our, listeners, our uh, friend, our friend, and your landlord just to bitch about your Wi-Fi. Maybe I'm gonna, go, make, maybe. I'm gonna make a Slumlord Ryan Twitter account right now. Maybe go 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 to go to the commissary. Use some of your dollars and uh, maybe buy some faster Wi-Fi. Get that good DSL. Yeah, I'm gonna sell the chain to get the Wi-Fi. <laughs> I switched. We're on we're on the 5G connection now. So wait, knows? are we making our predictions? Let's get win. Mine's Houston. Boom. Put on the record. I'm I'm on Baylor. I think that Baylor Gonzaga is gonna be a great game. Maybe overtime. I think it's going to be an instant classic. Instant classic. Oh, love this. I'm on. Yeah. Hmm. Producer Corey, do you want to chime in? Yeah, it's obviously Gonzaga. You guys are just trying to be cool. Okay. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. Well, we got it all covered, except if UCLA wins, we all look like idiots. A lot of people look like idiots if UCLA win. All not, right. Not Bill Walton. I'll take UCLA. <laughs> well, That's he, fair, yeah. He, he kind of looks like an idiot, but. <laughs> MLB Joe since it sounded like your internet got got a second win there I'm gonna let you start with the AL East uh give me the 
uh, the lowdown on the AL East with the with the Yankees. I know the the Rays traded away Snell. A lot of people are looking to see them take a step back. Baltimore sucks. Um, I think they. I think they. I don't even think I saw a sixty win projection on them anywhere from Fangraphs, Athletic, all those all those spots. And Boston also trading away some pieces. Don't really have a great farm system. Is Toronto – so, first off, are, it seems like the Yankees are the clear one, so I'm not going to ask you a stupid question. Oh, the Yankees are clear one because they are. Um, my thought process is more on over-under Yankees, 100 wins, and then is Toronto the clear number two in this division? So, I like 100, 100 wins is just a massive amount of wins. So, I think just given the Yankees the, – the, their best players are always kind of an injury risk. So I think I'd be more likely to bet an under uh, on them. And I think that most things related to the Yankees, because they're so popular uh, to bet on, seem to be inflated. So I think this win total probably should be closer to maybe like 98 or so. And um, I, I would probably lean on the under uh, for the 100 wins. Um, in relation to who's second, uh, it's going to be interesting – I, I like the Blue Jays more so than the Rays, but my one issue here is that George Springer uh, has an oblique injury. They say that he's going to be fine. Uh, he might just miss a little bit of time, um, like maybe a couple of days, but those oblique injuries are crazy because if, you know, if he's out for an extended period of time uh, or re-aggravates that, that can be really problematic for their lineup. And then uh, they got rookie uh, Nate Pearson, who's a pitcher. Um, he's also hurt. And then, you know, the Rays, they lost their closer. So I, I still lean the, I lean the Blue Jays based on their bats. I think their, their offense, offense is incredible. Um, but Tampa just always seems to find a way. But uh, I would say Yankees, Blue Jays, Rays. Um, and then I think the Red Sox are bad, but uh, they're going to get Chris Sale back sometime in the middle of the season. Um, that should kind of keep them above uh, the Orioles, I would say. Going out of the limb there with those projections, I think that's exactly how it is in the uh, in the yeah. futures market too. <laughs> that's just what it is. Oh, Yankees win. Are we playing 162 games this year? Uh, it's not me asking; it's someone else, my friend. Yeah, we're supposed Ooh. to. Ah, uh, okay. Over under for the Yankees and is 95 and a half. Over under, Joe. Uh, over. Uh. I'll take over that. I don't think they so, get 200. Over 95 and a half, under 100. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> exactly. We're middling. All right. Just said the All public right. usually bets the over and the Yankees line is inflated. I thought it was. Then the, given the opportunity to follow his own advice and then bets the over. I thought I thought the line was 100 when Dom said it was 100. I was like, oh, I, I, I thought that was what the line was. No, it was just that uh, in terms of the projection sites, I'm seeing like Toronto, Tampa are like mid-80s, Boston like 81 around there, 500. Yep. So, I, you know, it's like what what's the limit for the Yankees basically is, was my question. So I think you answered it. Do you have any questions, uh, Mr. Terry, for Joe on the AL East? Because, you know, I'm leaving it to the experts here. Uh um, my question would be, um, how, how much steroids have the Yankees used this year? Um, I would say not, I, I don't think they've used any. <laughs> I think it all, I think it all went across the city to the Mets. The Mets got it now. 
Also, when do you think the um, the hammer from Rob Manfred's office is going to fall on the Yankees for their whole sign-stealing garbage can, you know, the allegations and the report that we never saw that punishment never came? That was swept under the rug when COVID hit. I think the Yankees got uh, – I think that the Yankees already dealt with their punishment there uh, with the initial report with – I think it was the Red Sox – um, so I would say that nothing's going to happen because they're the Yankees. Isn't Alex Gore the manager again? I think he might. No, I think fi- did they fire? I think they fired. No, he they fired him with Bel- and Beltran got fired. He was the the coach of the manager of the Mets for like four days. No, I'm pretty sure they quiet like they fired him and then they rehired him. Wait, yeah, he is. Yeah, idiots. That's hilarious. <laughs> so I thought you were our AL East expert, Joe. I don't care about the Red Sox. They suck. Yeah, they they fired him for a year, and then once the year was That's over, so they quietly funny. they hired him on like a Friday. That's so funny. Yeah, like uh, <laughs> there's just like a one year gap. They hired him on election day. Yes, <laughs> that's what it was. That's what it was. That's very funny. So maybe the maybe the Red Sox are a buy. They get their they get their manager back, and and yeah, I mean, I was very bullish on their under last year. They, were, I mean, they still went under uh, even in the shortened season. I don't think the Red Sox are good, like, at all. So, I would not be you, – you, it wouldn't take a lot of convincing to get me to bet under 81 wins. 20-1, to 1, at least, just saying. Uh, Producer Corey, what's your thought on the Yankees uh, as the uh, other Yankees fan on this podcast? World Series. Sounds, sounds about right. Um, <laughs> 28, 28 pennants. I already AL- my ring. It's like a yearbook ring? Yes. Yeah, because we always get them. It's also – I remember back in, like, the mid-2000s, like, all the Yankees fan Twitter and, like, the annoying Yankees fans people were like, in 2020, we're going to have Machado, Trout, <laughs> like <laughs> – You have Stanton. Aaron Judge, Stanton, Stanton, all of them. That group. <laughs> Fernando Tatis Jr., um all right al central are you just reading from joe's myspace yeah <laughs> al central the twins white Sox seem to be the two classes of this division we have in terms of the futures white Sox are actually minus 121 plus 125 for the twins then we have the indians plus 700 royals plus 400 tigers plus 600 it seems to me like the division that's kind of a clusterfuck this year is the NL Central. Um, but, but the the White Sox kind of remind me of the um, the Angels in the AL West in that, like, every year, like, this is supposed to be the year that they're going to turn the corner. Like, they've made great signings. Their young guys are going to be stepping up. And then, you know, halfway through the season – we're getting into August, their third and fourth in the division aren't touching over 500. So um, the White Sox at least were good last year when they were 35 and 25. Finished one game behind the Twins in that shortened 60-game season. Um, so, you know, maybe they have taken a little bit more steps than, than the Angels. But what's your thought on this division, Joe? Um, I think that, that – I agree with you. I think this division is a little bit of a clusterfuck. Um, I think that the – the White Sox, I felt like they were the trendy pick last year. I don't love them this year. 
Uh, I would lean more towards the Twins. I think that the Twins are very good. Uh, I think the Twins are the best team in the division. I think in terms of value, you're probably looking at the Indians. Please don't bet on the Royals at 90 to 1. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, I, I think that the, the White Sox, they lost Eloy Jimenez, who was a highly touted rookie. Um, and they expected him to you know, take on a fairly significant role this year. And he tore his peck. So maybe the White Sox got the roids. And, uh, you know, he's going to be out like six to seven months, I think. So that's really the majority of the season. Um, I like the Twins. you got a dark horse uh, Cy Young candidate for them with Kenta Maeda. Um, and I think that the Twins are the best team in the division. But I do think – I think the White Sox could take a step back um, and I would say that the, the Indians, you know, with Terry, well, Brown, it's just kind of like they, they signaled that they're just moving on to the next, you know, wave as a small market team trading away Lindor and Carrasco to the Mets. It's like, you know, we're kind of punting that at least seems to be the thought. Yeah. I mean, they do have a lot of pitching still, so I'm not. Like, and you still have a great head coach with Terry Francona. So I think that there's manager. a manager. It's a manager, Joe. That's what I said, right? Manager. You said head coach. coach. Uh, whatever. But, you know, you still got Terry Francona um, there. So they, and they've got some bats though. Like you still have Jose Ramirez. Like they're not, they're not a bad team. And at the end of the day, they just didn't want to pay Lindor. So um, he was probably going to be gone the middle of the season anyway. So I think you're getting a little bit better odds right now on them because of the trade and because of uh, the off season surrounding that. Spending too much time on the AL central. Um, Andrew Vaughn, I was reading uh, rookie for the white Sox. The athletic had their top 10 bold predictions for the MLB season. And Andrew Vaughn, was picked to be the AL Rookie of the Year. He is 11-1 to 1 to win the Rookie of the Year behind uh, Randy Orozarena, Wander Franco, and Jared Kalenic, who I don't like to see that name because he was traded away for uh, Robinson Cano. Um, I don't really like that bet, to be honest with you. Uh, he doesn't hit enough home runs. Action uh, Network versus The Athletic. So wow. I just don't think he hits enough home runs. And, like, that's – going to be a thing so battle of the titans who's your al rookie of the year pick um let me i don't even i haven't really thought about it too much i hadn't bet on it i think that a rosarena is obviously like the the favorite uh I log shot should be, and he should be um but i think there's like a little this is a very homer pick here but uh davy garcia uh we get he's at 30 to 1 could be a little interesting with uh, with the Yankees, the media surrounding him. If he pitches well, uh, it's a good opportunity. Also, uh, Bobby Witt Jr., uh, shortstop on the uh, I believe shortstop on the uh, on the Blue Jays, pretty solid player. Uh, I think he might have a shot as well. AL West, this is Wait, the year. You guys, you guys remember Grady Sizemore? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's it. it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> Great, great insight there. Wait, uh, can I ask a question? Sure. <laughs> Who's Ryan Mountcastle? Because I want to bet on him because that's an incredible man. Oh, yeah. I think, he's, I think he's a pitcher, right? I forget who he is. He is a infielder for the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, uh, okay. Never mind. Could yeah. just be – yeah. Forgot about him. First round pick, 2015 MLB draft. One of my friends uh, – 
So there's this. I'll one. bet that right now with you, Terry, if you want. Ryan Mountcastle. Yeah. Will an Oriole win? Well, He'll let's play. see. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, like he's gonna be like he's probably gonna be middle of the order player for the Orioles. You know, if he bats late, it's it's kind of a compiler. Hope no one kind of splashes. His name literally translates to "have sex with a castle." <laughs> so you take power. That's it. That's yeah, it. I mean, it doesn't get yeah, it doesn't get any better. How do you think king, kings and queens are born? See, value right, take we're, we're we're not gonna bet that. All right, NL <laughs> AL West. Uh, again, Angels. I hear it every single year, every single year, and every year they suck. Like they're always the dark horse pick, and every year they suck. Why is this the year that they finally turn around? Um, I think last year they all they were like pretty much neck and neck with the Houston Astros before the season. Cause the Astros had that whole scandal last year, preseason odds. I think they were neck and neck and everyone was kind of buying the angels and they were the kind of hot team until there was no value on them anymore. And they finished, I think third or fourth in the AOS. So is this year any different Joe? Yeah, I don't, I actually think that the, the Astros in this division are underrated now because people I think what happened last year too is like people hated the red, the people hated the Astros so much. And like, they, they obviously had some like issues due to like the coaching change and everything else. But this year you have a little bit of continuity and I think people still like hate them so much. It's created value in the market. Um, we saw how good they are. Like they were in, they're in the playoffs. They're fucking winning the division uh, or, you know, like they're, they're getting the wild card. Like they're a lock. Um, they're a very strong team, even though they lost George Springer. And uh, I still like them here. Um, you can get them around like plus 130 to win the division. The Angels just are that team. They just cannot seem to fucking put it together. And it sucks to see a guy like Mike Trout just on this team that is never even on national TV. Um, just is, like- he, is he a locker room cancer? Is yeah. that it? Wow. I don't know. I'd never heard that question before, but... I guess you just heard it now. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's it's weird that like this is the only sport where we see a perennial MVP winner slash candidate um, who is just, you know, in terms of stats and advanced analytics. But his team, I don't think – I don't think he's played in a winning team like his whole career. Maybe he's like never played in the playoffs. Never played in the playoffs, yeah. So, I don't, I don't, I don't know if there's another analog for him in other sports. Uh, like in terms of just being that dominant and not winning at all. Probably it would have to be like some, like, I don't know, maybe like a defensive player on football or something like that. Yeah. That like I don't know. Yeah. I just really think it's just a, it's just a baseball specific thing. Yeah. I mean, Clint, the Clint Dempsey on the U S national team. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> um, AL west uh futures the oakland a's are second plus 145 i'm seeing on DraftKings. what is that because <laughs> i see like they're they're not in these projections on on fan graphs and uh the athletic i'm seeing them at 83 wins yeah at, and that's third in the division and this is kind of the only in terms of these projections the only difference i'm i'm really seeing in terms of a, a team that has really low odds that aren't reflected in these uh, advanced analytics projections. Um, so, I mean, like the A's are like, okay. Uh, like they've lost, the, like they still have like the core of Chapman, Olsen, and then now they got Lizardo as like a top of the line 
pitcher, in my opinion. I think he's, he could win Cy Young as a second-year player. Um, but they're just not – I don't know. I don't see the value on them uh, to win this division at all. Um, they're just not, not – at, Not at plus 145. That's nuts. Uh, definitely not. So I, I think it's possible – uh, they go over that win total. I think they're they're like a solid team, but they're not – the A's just aren't that team that either. Like if they're close, like they're not going to go – they don't seem to go out and like go get people uh, at the deadline. They're just like, well, we're just going to trust our farm system. We're going to trust who we have. So I don't really like yeah. to win the division uh, at all. I think it's really the A's or maybe like if you want to take a flyer on the Angels. Um, but, you know, the Angels, I'm kind of in a position, and I think we've been saying this, it's like prove it. Uh, Cause they just never do. Yeah. All right. Uh, NL East Terry, I'll let you start. The Braves were a, just a shit show of a late inning collapse um, away from getting to the world series and they lost to the Dodgers and the Dodgers went on to win. Um, what is your thought on the Braves? Do they bounce back? I guess we'll get into it. I personally think, you know, the, the Braves really haven't gotten any worse. Like they, they just kind of are the same team. That's half and, a life, Dominic. And, you know, they're, they're the, they're the tops in the division until proven otherwise. And that's even as a Mets fan who sees these fan graph athletic projections that have the Mets winning three or four games more than the, uh, the Braves. So they tingle uh, your lines. I know they do. What's your thought? Um, ah, I mean, well, as we all know, as I firmly said, without wavering whatsoever, that last year's season did not count and it was not a real baseball season. So yes, the Braves were up three to one against the LA Dodgers, uh, in this shortened season and they could not close it out due to, you know, a lack of starting pitching Braves went out, got, uh, Charlie Morton. He's gone full circle on his MLB career, returning to the Atlanta Braves. So he brings that veteran presence to this younger rotation. We got a full season of Ian Anderson, uh, who I wouldn't, wouldn't mind dabbling at eight to one rookie of the year. Um, and Max Fried, who didn't lose a game last year, except in the playoffs. Uh, so I, I think the starting rotation has gotten better. Uh, like you said, the lineup really hasn't changed. You're going to see a little more uh, Pache in the lineup. Uh, their top prospect center fielder can't really hit. Hasn't found the hitting bug yet. You know, hopefully that that'll be contagious uh, playing in between Marcelo Zuna and Ronald Acuna. Uh, but just a fun, fun outfield, fun team. It, it is a fun team. A lot of youth, a lot of energy. Glad to see Freddie Freeman you know, be a part of these winners, unlike that Mike Trout guy. Um, and I'm glad to see that he got the MVP last year. So, uh, will they win the division again? I'm going to say yes, plus 120. Um, I, I am a little nervous about the Mets. You know, they have oh. – Oh, It seems like they have a competent owner who's – well, he's just rich and doesn't – Rich um, is an understatement. It's, it's insane how much more money he has than people on earth and also other MLB owners. Yes. No. Yes. He is very wealthy. Do you know, insert the rice meme thing that we saw during the second month of quarantine with Jeff Bezos, wealth. Um, and you know, he's, he hasn't fallen for any Ponzi schemes. Uh, he hasn't signed any, you know, 50 year annuity contracts. 
with fading superstars. So I think the Mets are in some good hands, and you know they do have one of the best pitchers in baseball. Um, so one got, of, and they got some offensive help. So I think it could be a little battle up top. Um, I agree, it is offensive. I just think you know this division is it's going to be a rock fight. You know, it's like the the AFC North of baseball. But I do I do think the Braves Braves will come out on top. Who the Braves and, the Steelers? Yes. Makes sense. Um, Joe had asked me earlier. Just the Mets kind of, or the Browns, to clarify. <laughs> <laughs> the um, I need Joe Union. Joe, you yeah, State of the Union on the Mets. Um, it seems like now every year it's been the Mets have a better roster. They're deeper than they've ever been. They have more pitching than they've ever been. The bullpen actually looks great on paper. And, you know, like Terry said last year, like it was it was a lost season. It was a 60-game season. Um, fake, they, had, season. they had their number three starter opt out of the season before they have ever <clears> – <throat> they ever – played a game in Marcus Stroman. They had the whole Joanna Cespedes opt out too. Like there was, it was just a mess and you had the Cohen thing in the background. Now it's like, I look at this team and again, it's, it's the deepest Mets team I've ever seen. Um, their bench actually has like some good players on it. Like Jonathan Villar, Kevin Pilar, Albert Amora Jr. Um, you know, Dom Smith and, Pete Alonzo split in time at first base. They signed James McCann to play catcher. It's like the starting pitching. I look at the starting pitching. It's, it's, it's disgusting. Yeah. Like I didn't even realize that they signed Jordan or they traded for Jordan Yamamoto who killed them last year as a Marlin. Um, and then they get, you know, Carrasco. Carrasco, awesome. Tawan Walker, Stroman comes back. David Peterson has been pitching well. And then you have Syndergaard coming back in the middle of the year. Like, like they're starting pitching. The, the thing that, you know, obviously is, has always been the Mets Achilles heel has been the bullpen, especially the closer position. And it's still going to continue to be the Achilles heel unless proven otherwise. The thing that Cohen, you know, people talk about, oh, Cohen comes in, the whole thing has changed. I don't necessarily agree with that until you actually see some um, – See some, see some results. Obviously, they probably don't make the Francisco Lindor trade without Cohen. Um, so that's kind of the the only th- – and they probably don't sign McCann. Sign? Is he going to re-sign? Yeah, they'll, 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 they'll re-sign. Well, they um, said, they said, he set a deadline for opening day. So do you think by the time people listen to this podcast, has he re-signed? Um, I'm going to say no, but I think he will re-sign within the first two months of the season. I, I just think like – 40 the 40 million dollars or whatever that they're like apart it's fucking nothing for cohen i mean obviously he doesn't want to set a precedent because they got conforto coming up for re-signing um he doesn't want to set a precedent that he's gonna write a blank check but you know you make this splash lindor is an mvp candidate this year he's gonna be the face of your franchise hopefully so i think you know some good some if he plays well and he's been you know hitting like very well in spring training i think that they'll get the deal done just because they kind of have to um but the thing i was talking about that that cohen changes the dynamic mid-season for them is that usually closers and relief pitchers are the are the most likely pieces to be moved at the trade deadline and now the mets you know if that is a problem for them 
they were they're going to be willing to spend um, at the deadline for a closer and or, or or bullpen help. So I think that's kind of my hope for the Mets is that they're more willing to because they've been they've been close the last couple of years. They just kind of have had uh, you know a couple pieces away and weren't willing to make a move. And then now that might change. So I, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic again, do I think it could take a while for this team to get right? Yeah. But it seems like there's good vibes. It seems like all the guys, you know, they understand how good they are. And I think it's going to be, you know, the Braves division to lose just because I think the Mets might get off to a slow start, but I think that, you know, no one's going to really want to play this team when it comes down to, to September and, and the playoffs if they're playing well. So I will be concerned if the Mets start out slow in April and you're questioning. <laughs> life. Yeah. If they start out hot, I feel very comfortable. If they start out slow, tortoise in the hair, you know, tortoise yeah. in the hair. Well, it's usually it's it's the it's the May, June, like middle of May to like late June is usually when they are like, you know, are winning games like a 35% clip. And then, you know, they start off hot in April. Then they have a, you know, barrage back in in late July, early August. And then it's just, you know, by September, it's not enough. So you think if you, if you switch it around, maybe some good, some good juju comes around the other, the bottom half of this division with the nationals, Phillies and Marlins. I actually like the Marlins. I think that they played well last year. And the Nationals, you know, had a, had a shitstorm of a year, but I think that could carry over a little bit. And the Phillies just, they're pitching, they have some concerns. And I just, it's, it's, I, I just wouldn't be surprised. The Marlins are always a pesky team. Joe, I don't know what you think about the bottom of this division. Uh, Phillies just, they're, they're, uh, their lineup's incredible, but I think that over the course of a longer season, I think that's this is a very tough task for them to kind of contend. Um, the Marlins, uh, no. Uh, and then the Nationals, you know, you got, you've got Scherzer, you got Corbin, um, but those guys are just not – they're not the same. At this point, Scherzer's still nasty, but, like, at this point of it, in his career, Corbin – like, they already did – they got their World Series – this uh, I, I think that this is going to be between the Mets and the Braves, and then you'll probably see the uh, the Marlins. I think are just bad, um, so it'll. I think the Phillies bats are a little are better than the Nationals, but um, I don't think either of them will be contending in this division. More we before we move on to uh, the last two divisions, Terry, as a neutral party here, if I threw at you regular season wins head to head. Yankees Mets Yankees minus four and a half games which side are you taking Yankee so Mets versus Yankees and the spread and, is minus four and a half Yankees yes um I'm probably taking the Yankees okay it's a fun little bet um is are you doing that with Joe I don't know. I was going to ask you first. I think that it's a fun bet just because I root against the Yankees and root for the Mets. So it's kind of a double whammy. I would have to look at it more considering. Uh, oh, we'll, we'll table it. I mean, it's season I like starts today. So I do like the Mets. Uh, to I have the Mets to win the division. I think they're going to be very good. So I don't know if I don't know about that bet. 
All right, NL Central. This is the shitstorm of the division. Fangraphs has this. Uh, the winner of the division is the Brewers, eighty-one and eighty-one. So, <laughs> four of these teams with a negative run differential projected. The Brewers have a plus three run differential over one hundred sixty-two games. Uh, the Athletic Keith Law's win total is St. Louis eighty-eight. So he's viewing this as a little more probably realistic because I don't think every team's going to be under 500 with how often they play each other. Um, but your thoughts on this? I try to make a case for the for the Pirates because of just how fucking you know everybody's talking about this division. I think the Pirates are plus 6,500, but it's like they're incredibly bad. So um, I'm looking at maybe the Cubs at plus 440. I think their rotation could be a little bit better than people think. Your thoughts on the NL Central? Uh, I bet the Cardinals to win the. I bet the Cardinals to win the World Series at I think it was sixty six to one. Um, so I like them out of this division. Uh, I don't think I think you're going to only see one team out of this division make the playoffs. Uh, so I lean the Cardinals. They're obviously the favorites. So in terms of winning the division, I don't think there's a ton of value. But if you look at their World Series futures because the division is such a shit show. You're create you're getting value on them. I think to win the World Series, um, Brewers are good. Yelich should bounce back. Um, otherwise, like I don't really have like a strong like feel of this. It's just that I felt that the Cardinals had some value at that kind of absurd line. So in that article, that ten bold predictions for the Athletic uh, for the 2020 MLB season. Number four, the Cubs rotation will give it the fewest runs in the NL Central. So they're taking Ethan Moore's quality of stuff metrics and putting it with command plus advanced metrics. I don't know what either of the fuck these things are. Um, but if you look at the best rotations by, by those two metrics combined, the Twins are one, the Cubs are two, Mets are three. Um, so, you know, at plus 440 with this division wide open, I know that there's a chance that they – get rid of Chris Bryant during the season. I just think that if you're looking at, you know, obviously I, I agree with you. I think the Cardinals are the favorite and they are the favorite in terms of the odds, but if this division is going to be a shit show, you know, take one of these mid-tier teams, Terry, are you looking at any NL central teams? Uh, no, they should disband it and contract all the teams. I hate the Cardinals. I'll never like the Cardinals. They suck. I hate them. They're the all worst. right. NL West. I might bet. Uh, I might bet uh, Christian Yelich to win the MVP, though. I don't hate that. Thank you. I appreciate that. And that is at uh, thirteen to one odds. They yeah. could surprise. They could surprise. You know, best player right. on the team. NL West. Uh, before we get into our final predictions here, Dodgers Padres seems to be the battle of the the season, other than the Mets and the. Uh, Braves, uh, do you give the Padres any chance here against the Dodgers? No, like not really. Uh, I think that they just sound like they're 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 really exciting, um, but I don't think that they're better than the Dodgers. The Dodgers are fucking awesome. <laughs> like they're so. I think the Dodgers are. I think far and away the best team in this division, and it's just like the. The Padres have guys that are flashy. Uh, they're loud. Like they're making, you know, 
they're making headlines, whatever, but I don't they're think they're fun. They're more fun. They're it's fun. just the narrative. Like, and it's better. Like, I'd rather bet on the boring team. No, um, I'd rather bet on the fun team. Well, <laughs> I just don't think that they're, I, I don't think that they can win the division. Um, Christian Snell is going to be a man on a mission. I'm a little concerned. Uh, they have, they already have a couple injuries. Um, like they're looking like Denilson Lamette is going to be missing some time realistically with that bicep injury that he had before the playoffs last year. Um, and then also Trent Grisham, uh, one of their outfielders, he's going to be hurt. So I, I think that like just the fact that they're hurt already and like going into the season a little bit banged up, even though those aren't like their, it's a 162 game season. It doesn't matter. I just think that like it does. These games in the wins and losses in April still count the same as the wins and losses in September uh, in terms of winning the division. So I, I think that they're they're going in a little bit banged up. The Dodgers have an incredible amount of depth and they're going in healthy. So I'd rather I, I think the Dodgers win this division. I think it, dude, that's it's 162 games. Like who the fuck cares? how they're going into the season i just think it matters like if you go if you start off slow i think it, it's obviously harder to win the division but they got you man they got you <laughs> who you they Me. got you shit and fernando tatis jr who could be the mvp of the league like come on come on son he could it's gonna be a fight it's a fun rivalry plus it's plus, gonna be fun plus yeah. plus they put French fries in the burritos in San Diego, and it's so fucking good. Oh, that's fucking awesome! I love that. Also, yeah. though, we both now have MLB TV, so this is great. Like, I'm very excited to watch their games, um, but I do think the Dodgers win the division still. All right, instead of going through each division and picking a winner, I'm actually going to put it out there. I want to see to to give the listeners some value um, here. If you think. Any division winner is not going to be a favorite. I want you to give that bet out. So that rules out the Braves in the NL East, Dodgers in the NL West, Cardinals in the NL Central. Same. What'd you say? Braves and the Mets. It depends on the book. Okay. So, okay. NL East will go in. We'll we'll keep that in. Dodgers in the NL West, Cardinals in the NL Central, um, White Sox in the AL Central, and the Astros in the AL West. And I think the Yankees, okay, and the Yankees in the AL East. Are you looking at any non-favorites to bet on this year? Because they're not all going to win. I guarantee you that they won't all win. Fair. Um, and, if, and if you think that they're all going to win, you can just parlay all of them, excluding the Braves. Yeah. I like DraftKings and that, hold on. I'm going to give you what that will be. If you want to bet against that, that's 16 to one odds. So I am saying this likely not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, I like the, I like the Mets over the Braves in the division. Um, so I, I would say the Mets, uh, I think the Brewers, like you said, I think the Brewers have some clear value and uh, I would, I like the twins in the central, but at plus plus one ten, I'm probably not going to bet it. Yeah, I'm eyeing – so I do like the Cubs. I, I think at plus 440, it reminds me of, like, these NL East battles where, like, no one really knew who was going to win. The Braves and the Mets were kind of favored, but, you know, the Nationals and the Phillies were, were – you know, had some value at 3-4-1. to four to one. Cubs won the division last year, so 
it's it's not like they've completely punted. Um, they just there's an article out right now that says Rizzo hopes to be extended um, this year. I just think at plus four forty, I like that a lot in terms of the value. Um, and then I'm looking. <laughs> I know you're gonna think I'm nuts, um, but but the Red Sox at twenty to one, like, that's a huge number for a team <laughs> that that has you know has their manager back perennial contender in the last decade. I'm just not ready to write them off just yet. They're so bad. The Red Sox are so bad. <laughs> they're projected to be an 86 win team on fan graphs. That's, that's not, I think they're terrible. <laughs> that's not, that's not terrible. I think they're terrible. I'm going to go with the brew crew three to one points bet win the division shock the world the bucks are good um the packers are good why not the brewers you know they they almost were 500 last year come on they got yelich the mvp of the league i'll, I'll also take the mets to reverse jinx dom and yeah those two in a, in a division that's a crap um give me three to one brew brew crew yeah, I'm. Uh, if it's not the Red Sox, I'll have to do more research tonight. I'll tweet out. I'll tweet it out actually before this podcast comes out. Uh, I'm also eyeing the Blue Jays too. Um, I think Ryu could be a, a AL Cy Young contender. Yeah. I think that uh, you know they with with Guerrero, uh, you know, with just the play, you know, they they played well at the end of the season last year. I think they finished a game behind the Yankees for third. And I just think if the Rays are falling off, there is a little bit of a vacuum there that the uh, that that can be kind of filled by a, a three to one, three and a half to one team like the Blue Jays. So, um, but again, the Red Sox twenty to one, just spicy, spicy odds. Muy caliente. Bo Bichette, Caven Biggio. Yeah, I mean, their whole team is just your favorite 90s baseball players, <laughs> offspring. So. And did they sign George Springer? They signed George Springer. It's, yeah. That, that oh, fuck. Sense. Yeah, Let, let's let's bet the Blue Jays. Okay. All right. Um, any oh, – any... Are they playing in Canada? Are they playing in Orlando with Steven the Raptors? Matz now, too, I think. What? Do they have Steven Matz now, too? They do have Steven Matz. He's he sucks. He's terrible. Now that he's off the Mets, I could say. That. Are they Even playing in Canada on the Mets? Um, good are they question. In Orlando? Are they I will. I will look it up. I will look it up. I need to know now. Um, Blue Jays home games. Or weren't they playing in Buffalo last year? Uh, they they were. They will play home games in Florida to start yeah. the 2021 regular season. Oh. Ah, fuck. That changes some things. I'm back on the Red Sox. Let's throw it in on the Red Sox. Now <laughs> <laughs> so quick. They can't they can't be the Orlando Blue Jays. They wouldn't even be that. I don't think Dunedin Blue Jays. Dunedin's T D ballpark. When is where is Dunedin? Probably in the panhandle where the freaks hang out. Oh, it's it's on. Uh, it is by. 
So it's basically going to be like two teams in Tampa. Oh, actually, that's interesting, though, because it might help them uh, just in terms of their travel mileage, depending on where they play or who they play. Oh, yeah. Fucking geography lesson from Joe. Okay. (laughs) Just saying. Tampa's right there, you're saying. Right where? What coast is it on in Florida? I don't know. (laughs) West Coast. West Coast. Yeah, I know. I wasn't asking you. Yeah, Dunedin is above Clearwater, so they've been probably playing uh, playing their spring training games there. So they've this been used game to it. Is fucking hilarious. Yeah, like it literally looks like when you used to have MVP baseball and you would build your own franchise and the stadium that they first gave you, where it was just like the couple seats on either baseline and then it didn't even go into the outfield. That's what this looks like. The field games. There's no way they can even play night games there. No way. Um. World Series winners, predictions, go. The Yankees are going to win the World Series. But, I concur. But. But they won't. <laughs> but they're not. But, but I did bet pandemic. on. Pandemic. I do like the Cardinals. Like I said before, I think that there's some significant value because of the shit show of a division that is. Um, and the the Braves are the Braves are a little – the Braves are interesting. Uh, I think that their pitching is f- fantastic, really. Um, and I'm curious to see how Ian Anderson develops. Uh, Terry probably has a little bit more insight on that than I do. Yeah, he texted me the other day. He said he's feeling pretty, pretty good. Well, you never know. <laughs> um, I'm going the winner. You know, I'll just say the Braves just because. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go off the wall here. And I'm going to say the Blue Jays. You've convinced me. I will, I will stick to your convictions. Blue Jays 22 to 1 won the World Series. They, I mean, they'll be playing in America, so they'll know what, you know, living in a winning country feels like. Um, and, you know, they won't be soft. They'll maybe toughen, toughen up a little bit, those Canadians. Um, I mean, the Raptors won a uh, World Series, or not World Series, NBA title in the last three years. Yeah. So, and, I mean, and a Canadian team might win the Stanley Cup this year. So it's, it's turning into the city of champions. And you know what else is the city of champions? Tampa Bay. So, and they're playing there. They're drinking the same water Tom Brady drinks. Uh, probably not. He probably drinks bottled water. But he, but they're drinking water in the same vicinity as Tom Brady. I assume with the no mask policy in Florida, winning is contagious. And with that being said, playing in such close proximity to Tampa Bay, uh, just completely ignoring that the Tampa Bay Rays, a franchise already lives and plays there. I'm going to take the Toronto Blue Jays um, to win the World Series, 22-1. to one. All right. Um, I think I think the Dodgers are going to win again. I know it's boring at plus 350. I wouldn't bet it. I think bet if, if you want to bet a long shot, there are other better long shots out there, um, including the Braves at 10-1, to one, Mets at 10-1. to one. John Ewing tweeted, I think, today. He said that uh, there have been 11 favorites with uh, for the, to win the World Series with lower than plus 500 odds, and only one of them has ever won. I think we're going through a little bit of a favorite resurgence here. I think the last like 
five titles in all major sports. The only one who wasn't the favorite heading into the season was the um, Bucks. Oh, yeah. So the Chiefs were right there. So it's not like <laughs> like you like if you had that bet, you were hedging anyway. Probably. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, I you know I I'm the Cubs man. The Cubs are uh, Cubs are sneaky. No one's talking about them. Sneaky Cubs. Sneaky Cubs, the Sneaky Cubs. All right, um, let's go into Pods and Racks. Producer Corey, how you doing? Uh, I, are, did you figure out your fields of dreams this NBA season? Or MLB season, Jesus Christ, I'm mixing up my no, NBA and MLB. I'm not even paying attention until the All-Star break. We all know that's my deal. Um, first off, uh, let me say happy Holy Week to all you who observe. Shout out. Is that Welcome. the week before the Masters? Yes. Oh. Um, what the fuck? Oh, so today... Did you, cop, did you cop the Satan shoes from Lil Nas X? I didn't cop the Satan shoes, but I'll tell you what I did cop. My fishing license and permit to fish in Watershed. Opening day is April 10th. Very excited. Uh, I've also downloaded a fishing simulator on my Xbox to you know, get my reps in and just learn how to be patient again. So very excited for that. I'm not going to recommend that. What I'm going to recommend is what's been going on on my other screen while I fish. I've been watching Man in the High Castle, a show I mm-hmm. gave up on in season one. Good show, good show. It is. And uh, I only stopped watching it probably because I got too busy, but been able to dive back into it. And uh, it's fantastic. It's very similar to a book I recommended called Dark Matter. Um, yeah, really good. Um, you know, the whole premise is if... We lost World War II, how, how, you know, the country be divided between the Japanese Empire and the Third Reich. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a pretty good watch. The end. I like it. I like the, I like the historical fiction. Me too. I'm a fan of historical fiction. We could have we lived. Right. All right. Um... And the guy from Dodgeball is in it. And wait, fun fact. Did you know that um, Johnny Tsunami's in it? Is he? Yeah. He is uh, the guy with the glasses who is, I think, the trade minister. Oh, fuck that guy. He's also... No, he's a good guy. No, the guy yeah, with the I cool guess. thick glasses, not the thin glasses. Two different guys with glasses. Oh, he's, uh, He was wait. also in Mortal Kombat. The trade minister? The yeah. old guy? Yeah, that's Johnny that's Tsunami. Johnny Tsunami. Look it up. Not Johnny Capo, Capoloa. Johnny Tsunami, his grandfather, oh, the guy who actually right, is Johnny right. Tsunami. Okay, that People makes forget more that. Sense. Okay. You need to know your lineage of the Disney original movie catalog. Okay. All right. Is Brink in it? Is the Brink, Brink is not guy? in it. I did uh, look. It's like, how many other washed up actors? Actually, he's had a very good career. I went through his whole IMDb page after I found mm-hmm. that out. So, um, in the High Castle. I'm going to recommend. Um, a Twitter account for people living in New Jersey wanting, wanting to get uh, vaccine appointments. C19 Vax Updates, V-A-X-X Updates. Um, I got my first shot two days ago. Me and my fiance were lucky enough to get it. I think they're opening up to pretty much everybody in New Jersey now. So I think, you know, it's just going to be a matter of finding those appointments online. This thing gets all the drops. Reminds me of Top Shot drops, sneaker drops. Everybody going to get their vaccines. So um, I've actually gotten a few people um, appointments by referring them. So I'm going to open it up to our healthy listeners. Stacks up. 
shoot me up with that Joe Biden juice. All right, real quick, Terry, Joe. Go ahead, Joe. I'm going to recommend uh, Airheads Sour Pulse. Um, they're a candy. Uh, they come in a bag. It's like a, like a regular, I don't know, it's like a bigger size bag. Like It's not like an individual pouch that you would get like at the checkout line, but you have to go in the candy aisle to buy them. It's like $2.19. Um, it's a nice candy. Uh, it's, it's a little sour. It's got some chew to it, like an airhead. Um, highly recommend. Uh, it's nice. I gives you a couple, a little bit of quick sugar after a workout. Um, and it kind of satisfies that, that sugar craving that you might get at night. Um, but don't eat the whole bag. A lot of cows cutting season, but just a couple. You I know? don't have the self-control not to eat the whole oh, bag. Oh, also never had whipped cream before. What? I, yeah, because I can't have it. <laughs> so I they, they have. Oh my god! <laughs> they have not even by accident. No, in, in yeah. almost thirty fucking years, not one time. Yeah. I got fucking. You never, you've never gone to do a whip it, and so you this got is what surprised. I'm no, I didn't. <laughs> Ooh, it's cream filled. <laughs> they, they got a, they got a, they got coconut milk whipped cream. It's crazy. I was like, holy shit! Now I know why people do the fucking thing with like the nozzle where they just take it out of the can. It's crazy. That's my record. Joe and Steve-O, baby. Coconut milk whipped cream. Great. All right. Great. Terry, your your uh, recommendation. Uh, I recommend um, – I don't have one. Betting Jordan Spieth to win the Masters. All right. Um, great, great recommendation. Thank you. For Dominic Leo, Joe Delara, Terry Takes, producer Corey – this was the MLB Oddscast podcast special. We will see you next week. Got golf coming up, NBA, NHL hitting down to the wire here. We'll ha- we will have crowned a NCAA champion. Maybe look at some uh, some futures odds because I know I think like Houston and UCLA were both like eighty to one. Um, so maybe look for some other just potential long shots that fit the mold to make a Final Four. But either way, hope you have a great weekend baseball season springtime and we will see you next week god bless juan soto mvp go braves win games think i'm away downtown walking fast faces pass and i'm homebound
Bye.